0: We made it! So thank you, everyone, for waiting. We welcome all the hundred participants that are joining us from all over the world. Um, let's let's jump jump right into it. If you're all ready, welcome Maria, as well. And so yes, so um, my name is Catalina. I will be your host. Welcome to this second edition of the webinar that. Block Co. and University of Nicosia are hosting. Uh, We're going to do this as efficient as possible. We value your time and we wanted you to take the most value out of this webinar. Uh, One thing before we start, I want you to know that we're going to display questions in between uh, and we will like you to engage with us, respond, answer the questions and in order for us to get as much feedback from you as possible, and keep on improving these webinars over time. So um, if you're watching this webinar, if you are here, it's because you know blockchain technology, you recognize the potential of this emerging amazing technology. And the purpose of this webinar is to provide you value and facilitate you the process along the way. All right, uh, Blocko Uh, with uh, the University of Nicosia are going to keep on doing this work for you in order to provide you awareness and the latest news, opportunities, trends, and developments in this space. For all of you who don't know what BlockCo is, very briefly let me tell you a little bit about it. It is a technology company combating fraud using blockchain technology. It eliminates document fraud by creating a digital fingerprint of a document and anchoring it on the Bitcoin's blockchain. It is powered by the University of Nicosia as the technology was created by it in 2014 to issue their graduates digital credentials, making them both tamper-proof and self-verifying, meaning any third party granted access, is granted access to a document Um, to independently validate the document's authenticity without the need of an intermediary. It is super easy to use. It is like adding an attachment to an email or uploading a file to your drive. It's security, it is guaranteed by the blockchains, um, the Bitcoin blockchains, uh, the most secure computer network in the world. So that is a briefly introduction for all of you who don't know what Blocko is. And as we said, they're going to continue with this amazing work Um, to provide you as much value as possible uh, during the process of this amazing uh, emerging technology. As I said, my name is Catalina Castro. Uh, I'm going to briefly introduce myself. Um, I'm from Buenos Aires, Argentina. I've been in the space for many years. My main focus is education and communication about the fundamentals of the blockchain technology, starting with the blockchain of Bitcoin, which is the very first blockchain that I advise you to study in details in order to have maximum perspective in the space. I have worked with the University of Nicosia before as well, and I am engaged with different projects as well. But I am not the protagonist of this evening. I'm just the host. So with no no further ado, let me introduce you to our two amazing speakers that we have today, uh, starting with George. George. Giaglis, Executive Director of the Institute for the Future of the University of Nicosia. George has been involved with cryptocurrencies and blockchain since 2012. He has helped set up the world's first academic degree on a blockchain, the MSc in digital currency that we all know. He is currently the head of the Institute of the Future as well. He has also set up a fintech lab, and he regularly speaks at conferences, provides executive training, advises companies in token offering, and in blockchain implementation. So, George, welcome once again. How are you doing today?
1: Thank you very much. Uh, it's a pleasure and an honor to be here. I'd like to thank uh, Blocko for, for inviting me and for... Uh, organizing this. Thank you, Catalina, for your nice uh, introduction. Maria, nice uh, seeing you again. Looking forward to our discussion. Uh, and thank you to everyone, the 129 people uh, that have joined us uh, up to now. It's, it's amazing to see so many people from uh, all around the world. And uh, I'm looking forward to the discussion that will follow.
0: Absolutely. Thank you, George. And our second amazing speaker is Maria Papadaki, She is the Managing Director of Dubai Center for Risk and Innovation. Maria has more than 10 years of experience in risk management for both academia and industry, with many years in the implementation, development, improvement and management of risk frameworks, tools and techniques. She has designed risk executive courses and trained more than 300 people in supply chain risk management. Currently, Maria, as I said, she's the Managing Director of Dubai Center for Risk and Innovation. So, Maria, welcome, and how are you tonight? <laughs> Thank
2: you for inviting me. Thank you very much. So, I'm really, really happy to be a part of uh, this local webcast, and really happy to be a part of, with uh, Professor Yalis uh, because we, we, we have long history back together, So I'm really happy to be here. So I am, yes, director of the British University uh, Center for Risk and Innovation. Uh, And uh, Let's let's
0: see how how the conversation is gonna bring us. Fantastic, fantastic. So before we jump into our first topic of tonight, I want everyone in the audience to know that I'm displaying the first question that we have for you today. You have now 30 seconds to answer the first question. This is just for us to get to know you better and to have more feedback about your background. So you have 30 seconds. We have 131 people all over the world joining us tonight. That is amazing. All right. Thank you everyone who is answering the first one. Share the results. Absolutely, okay. What is your job uh, role? And we have the 26% in business owner and entrepreneur. That's amazing. Very nice, very nice to have all these entrepreneurs and business owners mainly today, okay. All right. So let's jump into our first topic of today the main reason why we are all here this amazing emerging technology blockchain technology i think you have already uh we already know your background so i'm not going to ask you to tell us a little bit more about yourself let's jump into our first question regarding blockchain technology and let's start with the ladies maria if you're okay so the first question is where do you feel blockchain technology comes in helping organizations like yours in terms of efficiency in this new way of operating yeah so so a
2: bit uh, i will i will jump into a bit of background because this is going Mm -hmm. to uh so i am uh, the center is a part of the british university in dubai the british university dubai is uh, located in dubai and established by the uh in 2003 uh and it uh, it is a unique collaboration here in a setup of this university while you have uh, the founders which are uh, private uh, it's uh, Al Maktoum Foundation, Rolls Royce PLC which I used to be the risk manager before, British Business Group, Emirates NBD and it's an accredited university by the ministry and it's also supported by three big Russell Group universities from UK which is Edinburgh Manchester and, uh, and Glasgow. Uh, so we the British, the, the, the center, we are under this, uh, the, the umbrella of the British University in Dubai, and we are a unique center of, uh, um, of collaborate different partners across industries, across the international world, of delivering uh, uh, risk management and technology, bringing risk management and technology together. Uh, so under this, uh, our initiative, our first project, let's say, it was uh, working with the University of Nicosia back in 2017 to deliver the certificates uh, of uh, the blockchain certificates uh, in the UAE. So we will be the first in the Middle East and one of the first in the world, followed by University of Nicosia. After, wow. the, uh, yes, of course, after after the push of uh, Prof. Yarlis and uh, other members there. So this is how we 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 set up and let's say so my background is uh, both blended industry and academia so as you mentioned before yes my background comes from risk management which i had from the private sector uh, and uh royce mainly and manchester university uh, and moved to the academia at the later stage so i think now we we're more clear of who we are at the university so i'm now ready to 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 describe the first question. So you, you were saying about the blockchain in, in academia, is it?
0: Uh, yeah, so how do you think uh, blockchain technology has helped um, your organization in terms of efficiency in this new way of operating? In terms of efficiency, how do you think blockchain technology has been applied and has helped your company? Uh,
2: so, so COVID is a one, one of a pandemic risk. But the most of the organization need to have a need to have the business continuity plan on their on their uh, draws and get it out if this hits to their businesses and respond to them so uh blockchain i think the university is responded by digital by having online platforms on uh, on uh, doing education and training but also on uh, on um, on operating as well so blockchain technology in, in this situation right now it gives us the assurance that we can certify students and we can or give all their academic credentials and everything digitally without coming to the university and get them. So we were able to operate fully digital by the online platforms, but also by accredited our students. And they don't have problems of their moving to, if they want to study in another country or for contacting an employee or everything. So these two elements, uh, it worked uh, very good for us.
0: Okay. Fantastic. We will learn a little bit more about that in a second. But, uh, George, for you, the same question. Uh, Maybe you can tell us a little bit more about uh, your background or anything else that you want to ask in your process within uh, uh, the blockchain space. And then uh, tell us a little bit how do you think blockchain technology has helped your organization in terms of efficiency?
1: Well, as you said, I was I was lucky enough to, to be involved in this space since the the very start. So I I, I I first learned about Bitcoin in 2012. I immediately became you know mesmerized with uh, with phenomenon because it uh, it it seemed to combine elements of two worlds that I used to love. One is computer science innovation, and the other one is finance innovation. So uh, I saw a lot of promising it and I was uh, very lucky to be among the, the people that started this initiative at the University of Nicosia in 2014. So I helped the team uh, to set up the, the curriculum of the world's first academic degree on this subject. So we we, we have been running successfully the master's degree in digital currency since 2014. And a year later, while we were looking for applications of, of blockchain, because obviously digital currencies is just one application, it may be the most important, but uh, there are uh, tremendous potential. There's tremendous potential for disruption uh, through using this technology. So one of the things that we thought at the university in 2015 is why don't we start practicing what we're creating? So the first natural. Uh, area where we could apply blockchain was within the university system itself. Uh, so we, we started developing technology which would allow us to issue the degrees of our uh, students, the ones initially studying for our free MOOC, uh, on the Bitcoin blockchain to create a mechanism through which the authenticity of these degrees would be guaranteed if someone be that an employer or another university wanted to check if a degree presented to them was a valid degree or a fake one they could do so without ever having to contact the university of nicosia at all and this proved to be a huge success we had uh, we rolled it out across the university as of 2017 every graduate of the university of nicosia regardless of the degree they're doing they have a permanent uploading of their degree on the, on the blockchain. Uh, We were fortunate enough to have partners like the British university in Dubai and Maria uh, following up on this and um, uh, also uploading their own degrees uh, on, on blockchain. And we realized that there's a huge commercial market for this, because this is not only about academic degrees. It's about all sorts of digital certificates. If you have any, type of digital uh, or digitizable certificate that needs to be proof, proof, tamper-proof, independently validated, and you have problems or pain points in your value chain that have to do with fake or lost or counterfeited uh, or otherwise tampered with uh, uh, digital certificates, then blockchain is a good solution. And so we we created our first spin-off which was Blocko, the company that hosts uh, this webinar. And we are, we are seeing lots of other applications uh, across this field. Now, personally, I'm also working a lot on the monetary aspects of, of blockchain. So my, uh, one of my main areas of work is uh, what we call central bank digital currencies, uh, CBDCs. Uh, and other forms of stable coins. Uh, In other words, digital currencies that are based on blockchain, distributed ledger or similar architectures technologically, but have been designed in a way that uh, would allow them to maintain their value across time and not suffer, let's say, the volatility problems that we see with with early attempts like, uh, like Bitcoin. And I think this is another huge disruptive area because in the next couple of years, we will see the world's largest central banks issuing their own digital currency and imagine what this will be if we have a digital euro a digital dollar or a digital yuan that is legal tender in their jurisdiction. Imagine how much this will legitimize the other digital currencies that we know at the moment so we're all very very optimistic about the future of this technology in this space
0: amazing, amazing so. Uh, Following um, blockchain technology and talking about emerging uh, technologies, um, do you think other emerging technologies such as AI, ML, will be as popular and demanded as blockchain technology? And this is a personal question that I am asking, adding, uh, are you, as the head of Institute for the Future, uh, planning on expanding courses about other emerging technologies? Well, the name, the name says itself is the Institute for the Future, so all, all the emerging technologies and the new skills that will be highly demanded in the following years and decades. Are you planning on expanding?
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, as you said, uh, it is deliberate that we call the Institute the Institute for the Future and not something that contains the world's blockchain or digital currency or cryptocurrency or, or anything of the sort. And the reason is that I personally believe, and I think most of us at the University of Nicosia share this vision, is that we live in a historical juncture. I think this is, these are historic times in the sense that yeah. we have not one, but many exponential technologies reaching uh, commercial maturity at more or less the same time. And the types of applications that we will see when these technologies start converging is Will really, I think, redefine the limits of what we consider possible today. So, yes, the Institute, uh, while admittedly, like, you know, I don't know, 80% of our work is on blockchain, we have already expanded in other areas. We have a very strong uh, research center on forecasting now, where we use uh, machine learning, deep learning, and other artificial intelligence or statistical algorithms. Uh, in order to create uh, uh, forecasting uh, uh, systems in different uh, uh, application areas, for example, in supply chain or in financial markets or things like that. We're very much interested in uh, the Internet of Things because I think IoT is going to be a technology that will create uh, another layer on the Internet as we know it, an Internet in which the users are not going to be people. It's not going to be George, Catalina and Maria. They're going to be objects. They're going to be machines and there's going to be software. So we will end yeah. up in a situation very, very uh, soon in which you know, my laptop uh, will be able to talk to my, I don't know, door or, or, or window in the space where I am and not only communicate with each other by exchanging information, but also negotiate services and assign services to each other and when our machines start engaging in commercial activities they will need some sort of digital money in order to pay one another for these services and this is where I think the convergence of artificial intelligence the internet of things and blockchains are all coming together so yes the institute is, is going to, to, to look into all these technologies
0: Amazing. I'm excited for it and looking forward to see it. So yeah, as as a conclusion of this topic, uh, all the emerging technologies, for everyone who is watching, you are on the right path uh, because all these technologies will also replace a lot of human uh, work that will be required. And uh, you being an entrepreneur, as we know that the majority of our audience are business owners and entrepreneurs, you are on the right path and you're on the right, at the the right time, you know, the two create the following services and features uh, and, and, and products for the future. So we are excited for, for your next courses. I will be paying attention myself. All right. So let me, let me guys, for the audience, let me uh, ask you the following question. Okay. Um, I will be sh- you should be seeing the second question that you have now 30 seconds to reply and answer, please do so. One of the things that I want to highlight is that all for all of you who are asking questions in the chat, don't worry if we cannot cover them today. Uh, BlockCo, the team of BlockCo, will be answering them independently via email. That's what I have been told, so don't worry. And we're going to also write them down and have them into consideration for our next episodes as well. All right. What is your organization's familiarity with blockchain? So, aware of blockchain is our higher score that we had here. As you can see, let me show you the results. Okay.
1: Very encouraging that 21% of the participants are actively using blockchain. If you yes. those that have answered this in the chat, it would be very interesting to hear from you guys in the chat what exactly you are, you're doing it, with it, what kind of projects are there in the production phase.
0: That would be interesting to know. Thank you. All right, let's move on with our next topic of tonight, which is uh, remote learning and uh, remote working with the current situation that we have right now um, it's uh, I think the whole world has been forced to 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 work remotely so the first question Maria this is for you remote learning is something that has been uh, effectively forced upon us as a result of the social distancing uh, that we have to practice right now due to the coronavirus. Do you feel that it is here to stay? How do you think this has, uh, this will uh, shade uh, workers and employees um, and people working from all, all over the world in, in terms of, yeah, the relationship in the workspace and, and in their work in general? Um, I think, uh... Thank you for this question.
2: It's more philosophical, like uh, than technical. I believe uh, it's mm-hmm. a more humanity, and society question rather than uh, rather than yes, the digital things and the digital tools are here to stay. Um, but uh, we still want as humanity the personal exchange of feelings, energy. And as society, we need to, as, as professors, let's say, we still need to see the students, empower them and, uh, and develop ideas, you know, uh, and have discussions like uh, in a symposium, you know. Uh, so, yes, it's here to stay, but it is not here to take the, 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 the human being out of the system. It's here to be used in a balanced approach and enhance The educational system in a positive way rather than creating distance between the professors and the students or the learners, let's say, uh, because we are all learners in this process. So, uh, yes, it does open opportunities to tackle with global and enabling global collaboration uh, in exchanging education ideas and knowledge sharing. But, uh, 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 but we need to, this is the opportunity. I think the threat there is the overdue of the digital technologies and Mm -hmm. how we can make it, how they can, they will uh, distance from people. And this comes with the old risk that COVID brings. It's like how we interact with each other. Uh, so I think, in my opinion, if you ask me, Katadina, I would go forward with a balanced approach. I would take the professors ex, uh, outside from the classrooms or outside from the, the students. I think uh, they, they need to benefit from both.
0: Mm-hmm. George, do you agree with Marina? Maria, do you think uh, it is here to stay? Uh, and uh, do you think that it, this is positive? Uh, I think for for us that we are here in the blockchain space, uh, seeing all these events happening in humanity is a good way of us identifying that humanity is a step forward in terms of the adoption of new ways of interacting and doing things digitally. Um, So do you think it's here here to stay? And do you agree with Maria?
1: I absolutely agree with Maria. and I absolutely think it's here to stay as well. Uh, I tend to, you know, I'm an optimist by, by you know, genetically, uh, I, I tend to see crisis as opportunities. And this uh, situation with uh, the COVID did not do anything super disruptive. It just accelerated a trend that was there anyway. So the move to online education and online learning was happening anyway. It was happening as it usually does in, in you know large-scale disruptions. It was happening slowly. And then there's a trigger. There's an external trigger every time that makes slowly become suddenly. And we now mm-hmm. live in the suddenly space. And I think much of what we are witnessing and much of the disruption that we are seeing is here to stay. This does not mean that. You know, we will go from uh, a situation in which uh, we have, I don't know, 20% online learning uh, to a situation in which we will have 100% online learning. Obviously, there is always a role for face-to-face education. There's always a role for the uh, teacher, the educator. There's always much to be learned from your peers in a physical setting, but especially when it comes to digital technologies, Many of these things can be very effectively replicated through technology. Uh, in the next few years, we will have virtual classrooms that if everything goes uh, you know, according to predictions, they will resemble much of the experience of a physical classroom, including the social uh, peer-to-peer interaction. They will not reach 100%, but they will be close enough to allow universities and educators to start providing more and more of their programs online. To give you an idea, us at the University of Nicosia, and I'm not talking about the Institute for the Future now, because the Institute is obviously a step ahead because of the types of things that we're doing. But the whole of the of the university, which is a university with 12,000 students, we used to be in a situation in which uh, 15 to 20 percent of our students were in online programs. Uh, as of uh, 2019, and this is before COVID, we had reached a point in the last 10 years where 50%, so one out of every two students that we have, are enrolled in online programs. And this is a trend that is now, obviously, has now accelerated. Now 100% of our students have moved into into online. And I think we will be seeing that. There is a a law that I like a lot. It's it's called Amara's law. I don't know if you you know it. It's... uh, It's a lot of states that we tend to overestimate the effect of technology in the short term, but underestimate it in the long term. So I don't subscribe to the overestimation that says, wow, everything is now going to be Zoom classrooms and stuff like that. It's not going to happen. But in the long run, we are going to see a huge disruption in the education industry as the disruptions we are discussing in the financial services industry or all other domains I don't see any reason why our own industry will remain unaffected uh, by all these technologies
2: sorry about that but I think I think uh, it's it's, it's, and then it's how we how we, uh, we, we hold to this exactly what you said about make uh, make real you know the, the, the reality around us and make it uh, because we, we need to enhance the technology, but we, we can have to stay the experience to, to be the same. So those two needs to be
1: yeah, yeah. Really There's a lot of things and challenges to be resolved, but history has shown that you know technologies that look like science fiction today, uh, so perhaps technologies that are mimicking reality, they become commodities in 10 years. So let's see what, what the future holds for us.
0: Okay, so for both of you, uh, whoever wants to go first, on top of what you have said, what would you personally add um, or change um, in order to maintain high levels of efficiency uh, in the working space and distant learning? Would you add something different, Uh, maybe the application of blockchain technology or any other technology? What would you add in order to maintain those high levels of efficiency or even improve it over time together with the different factors that you have just mentioned that we need to combine.
1: Maria? George? Okay, so I will go first. Uh, I'll give you an example of what we did uh, in the university when we moved to to online. And I think, uh, and I hope Maria will agree with me on this one, that in order to maintain a productive work environment, your investment in technology per se is not as important as your investment in people. Because if you don't have people that are willing and capable of using technology in a way that makes them productive, then you will not, I mean, even the best technology is not going to be managed to its full potential. So what we did uh, in the university is that we created a plan and this was a multi-week plan before the COVID situation that allowed us to move to 100% remote learning on day one. So the the first day that we were instructed by the authorities to to move uh, to remote work, we were able to do it and remain productive. And I have seen in, uh, and and I'm very happy and very proud uh, of my team for that, I have seen our productivity not only not being affected by moving online, but in some aspects, we are even more productive now. And I think the reason is not that we started using, I don't know, Zoom or Teams or whatever uh, a communication or remote project management tool, but the fact that people were already, uh, let's say, programmed, if I can use the word, it's not the right word to use for humans, but uh, educated or, or, uh, or ready to accept uh, working in a different mode. And once this becomes legitimate for everyone, it's 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 awesome to see how productive people can become. Because if I decide to become a digital nomad uh, alone in the world, there's not much that I can do because I don't have anyone to, to work with with this mode. These are all network technologies. But crises like the one we're experiencing now make more and more people work in this uh, type of mode. And this type of mode becomes the norm. And the norm is always more productive because more and more people are, are following it. So I think it's, it's, it's people more than technologists.
0: Okay. I think that is great information for all the entrepreneurs that are here today. If you pay attention of what he has just said, I think it's super relevant for you to to consider. Maria, would you like to add something on top of this? I would agree with that. It's, uh, it's, it's exactly
2: what we experienced. I think uh, COVID was an opportunity, you know, uh, because all of our organizations thought that this dynamic risk that they included in the risk register would never hit to them. Suddenly, they hit it to us, and we uh, were lucky in the British University in Dubai that we had the plan in place. Uh, we were already working in on with online tools, so we already, as professors, were working the, the, the online platforms. And we, our crisis management team took over again, like uh, properly says, two weeks before, and they were able to change, to make the change very quickly. And it was able to set up uh, in our houses and also supporters, us and the students. So currently all the admin work and all the academic work, because the university is, uh, it has its boss, it's the administration also that it needs to have in parallel with the academy. So it's not only the front office, which is the the us teaching, but it is the backlog of the guys. And uh, all of them are operating uh, online effectively. And uh, we were very happy that we get very We're now finishing the third semester in the British University in Dubai. And we're
0: receiving very, very
1: good positive feedback from the
0: students. Okay, okay. Thank Patalina,
1: you. That- Alina, if you allow me, since you mentioned earlier that we have many entrepreneurs in, the, in, the, uh, in this group, let me give you a piece of advice uh, or an idea for a business that's going to be a killer application in in remote education. There is, To my knowledge, nobody has solved in a very satisfactory way the problem of remote examinations. So Mm. the ability to teach a class online is more or less solved. But the ability to mimic the properties of a face-to-face exam, where you have many people being uh, 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 evaluated at the same time, in the same subjects, in different time zones, with different connection capabilities, and the ability to electronically invigilate or proctor these examinations. I mean, there are a number of providers, but none has cracked this riddle yet. So if you're looking for a killer idea in the education space, and you develop something that solves the online exam, come and talk to me, the, rest of the University of New York.
0: Come to talk to us as well.
1: See, two customers already.
0: <laughs> I, I hope everyone is taking notes right now. <laughs> Great, that's uh, amazing advice, George. Thank you so much. Um, so, for everyone who, who is in the audience, next question for you uh, should be rolling in a second. You can answer the question right now. It's about remote, remote work conditions. Let me know what you think. All right. I think the answers are a little bit obvious. Because everyone who is in this webinar, um, if you're interested in blockchain technology, I mean, you are already a pro master in in this uh, digital working uh, environment. So most of the people voted that it has been easy uh, for them to work remotely. So I think, uh, yeah, as I said, if we are in the east, in this ecosystem that it has been, that is so global. Um, It's no surprise, all right. Excellent. Our next session is mainly for Maria, George. You can also um, add whatever you you think you can bring value to the audience as well. But, okay, the, the topic of the next question is fraud, cost, and tech. Maria. So do you believe that your background as supply chain risk manager as at Rolls Royals paved the way for you uh, to the world of blockchain? If so, how was the journey? How was the process? And
2: obviously, obviously, my background uh, in, uh, in, in, a, in a, this big manufacturing company, which is... Uh, Characterized by excellencies in processes, Um, uh, helped me a lot to recognize blockchain as an opportunity, let's say. Uh, And especially from, as Prof. Riz said before, on the area of supply chain, I think blockchain can enhance a lot uh, the communication between uh, first tier, second tier suppliers. suppliers. Smart contracts can be introduced there also. Uh, it's a better way of uh, communicating and collaborating with external parties, but internal parties as well. So uh, if you ask me, my background as a risk management, I can see that um, that blockchain uh, minimizes the risk of transparency, faster settlement, data security, it makes the organization more resilient, let's say, and enhancing collaboration. So, your risk exposure is less by integrated. The challenge is how to integrate right now and how it make it happen. Uh, I can see it in the manufacturing world, very, very, very to be integrated very well uh, in, 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 uh, in kind of this kind of organizations. Uh, uh, so, as a risk manager, I think a, a blockchain is, a, is, is, is enhancing the way that we do risk management. And uh, for me, um it was uh, I took it first as a risk management in order to uh, cope with the digital transformation. We need new tools right now to be able to to foresee what is coming. And blockchain is one of them. The SAIN. But blockchain is something that you can really implement it and you see your organization to reduce cost, uh, increase transparency.
0: Amazing. OK. And um, we we all know that this event is hosted by Block.co. So for the people who don't know uh, too much about Block.co, um, how would you use Block.co uh, solution as a risk manager? Uh, How can you think of any use cases?
2: So yeah, so it's it's, it's, uh, in the supply chain for sure. But uh, risk management is not a one-sorted exercise on the supply chain, but it is an enterprise risk management. So uh, it needs to see the whole organization holistically. Uh, So there you have, we have the risk management plans that needs to be immutable and some registers, some risks needs to be there and stay there so you can see the change in time during the risks. You can see the owners and everything and this needs to have visibility in the organization. So there are already online tools managing risk in the organization. Uh, However, I think uh, the integration of those tools with blockchain and uh, with blockus uh, what is offering on the certification uh, and the smart contracting process and all of this I think this will be very much a uh, uh, very much enhanced the process um, uh, It will bring great transparency and visibility to risks internally but also externally as well uh, and this is because the, if I get the manufacturing let 's say uh, example: Most of the organization depends on external supply chain. So, so how how we make sure this is uh, this is uh, this is, uh, this is uh, well managed? And I'll give the example of COVID right now. And uh, and a questions for thinking that I didn't even uh, prepare. But uh, what about the business continuity plan, which is which is the emergency plan of uh, total disaster plans of all your external suppliers that you have uh, right now? What if you had all these plans uh, logged in a blockchain platform that it will be easy, that you can retrieve everything and you can see it and you know that it is not fake. It's the reality. I don't know. I'm just putting some, some, some yes. thinking into it okay. on the supply chain. But also, let's say the organization needs to see it as a whole how the whole thing is I think blockchain is, is a tool that needs deeper investigation. Unfortunately, I think we are in very early stages as a risk management. And this is also what it's prompted me as a person to proactively see where, is, where risk management was, uh, was heading to.
0: Okay, so for everyone who wants to check out BlockCo, please go to their websites or all the social medias and their team is super active as you clearly can see uh that's the reason that they are hosting these educational events as well okay so ladies and gentlemen in the audience next question for you should be rolling um right now fraud cost and technology question is for you right now on the screen Okay, let me share your results. Especially question number three, is your company looking into applying new technology for technologies for combating fraud uh, and uh, mitigate risk? Um, Well, it was very even, but 36% of the audience voted yes. So that is very exciting, even though Maria clearly uh, I'm very clearly said that we are on on very early stages. I think with this whole crisis is opportunity, and uh, even though we're in a crisis and economic economic crisis, can be also difficult to innovate. and uh, Having a budget for innovation, um, hearing that 36 of, of of companies in the audience are doing so, it's very it's very optimistic and good news to hear. So and yeah, and, I just yes. wanna.
2: Point out here is not only the fraud risk, it's the, it's the, it's the overall risks because uh, I think uh, solutions like Bloco can, can, can minimize the risks on transparencies, on, on yes, on fraud, but also visibility as well. So, uh, so it's different kinds of things that, uh, that can bring and enhance the risk management uh, profession. But it needs to be deeper investigation and support by the companies right now. Mm-hmm.
0: I agree. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, our last section of our webinars of today, we don't want to take a lot of your time. As we said, we're going to keep it straight and as efficient as uh, possible. Our last section is about digitalization post COVID-19. I think we have already talked about it in the workplace. Uh, work, uh, so this is for George, let's start with you. So how has the mode of working uh, within your organization had to change as a result of the measurements uh, taken to contain the virus? And which part of your operations, if any, you feel was adversely affected by these measurements due to the coronavirus?
1: Okay, that's, that's a very, very, very interesting topic. Uh, I could talk about this for ages, but I'll try to keep it as brief as possible. At IFF, effectively, we're doing three things. We're providing education, we're doing research, and we are uh, organizing events. So, I would say that uh, in two out of the three areas, the effect of COVID has been positive, both in our marketing and in our productivity. And in one area, it has been extremely negative. So to to explain what I mean, Uh, in in education, we were doing most of the stuff that we were doing uh, online anyway. So our masters in digital currency was online. Our professional training courses uh, were online. And these not only they were not affected, uh, we had more uh, interest from people because obviously when one stays at home, uh, or is, is used to working remotely uh, their education can also happen remotely and people are now discovering the benefits of not having to travel or to to, to go to another country or whatever to do their education so in the education space we, we have seen a, a positive uh, result in research uh, well, like it or not uh, researchers we tend to be lonely creatures so we we love working in our little lab and doing our own little things. So uh, most of our PhD students or postdoc researchers have been uh, uh, super happy that we are now uh, online and we're uh, remotely working. It has made some things like experiments or projects that we're running a bit more difficult, but as I said earlier, since everyone has moved online, uh, I think we're good. Uh, where we have been hit hard is the third aspect because uh, we, we used to organize, for example, one of the world's, I think, best uh, conferences on blockchain and crypto, uh, Decentralized. And Decentralized is due to take place this November in, in Cyprus, in Limassol, in, uh, in one of Cyprus's best hotels. And I think given the current situation, uh, you know, holding a conference face to face, is going to be very difficult, if not impossible. So we need to to innovate there as well and and make sure that we can uh, move to to sort of uh, uh, operating modes that would allow us to get the best of both worlds. Combine safety and convenience for people with the maximum level of engagement and learning. And for example, webinars like this one here is a very good example of, I think, how this could be uh, achieved in in practice. So all in all, I'm I'm quite happy. And uh, Catalina, if you would allow me at this point, do you mind if I showed a slide to introduce uh, some uh, discounts that we have for people that are attending this seminar uh, sure. and are, are interested in potentially. Uh, Following our programs, so if you can, if you can see that, uh, guys, uh, this is uh, a list of uh, the uh, uh, programs that we are doing at the moment. Uh, the, our flagship program is our master's degree in digital currency, which starts. The next intake starts at the end of June, and we we offer a 20% discount on the tuition for everyone attending. This seminar, this is just for, for uh, this uh, live webcast of today, and it's valid until the end of the month. And on June 1st, we will run five professional training courses leading to certificates. One of them is an introductory course on blockchain and cryptocurrencies. I'm teaching this with Marino Semistocleus and Antonis Polemitis, the CEO of our university. The other one is mostly for lawyers and policy makers. It's uh, by Jeff Bandman, former CFTC commissioner on blockchain role, regulation and policy. The third one on security tokens by Stefan Loesch. The fourth one on blockchain and energy, applications in the energy sector by Johannes Blachos. And the fifth one on forecasting our non-blockchain um, uh, course by Professor Spiros Makridakis, who's the head of our uh, Open Forecasting Center. And on the 29th of May, we also uh, are running a 4-hour interactive masterclass webinar uh, also taught by Jeff Mantman on uh, on uh, blockchain regulation. And if you're interested in applying any of them, we offer a 25% discount. For those of you that are interested, you, will, you can find more details at our website, but this is Hazal, our enrollment manager, so please, Take a screenshot of this, or write her email down, or scan the barcode, the QR code that you see there, and get in touch with her so that she can give you more details about our programs. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, George. Everyone, I hope you are taking notes. As I said before, uh, those are great opportunities for all of you, only just for the participants of this event. Um, So they will have to, George, a question. Uh, So in order to to, to get the discount that we have to tell Hazal that they have participated? Is that all they need to yes, do? Yes,
1: if you just send uh, Hazel an email uh, telling her that you, are, uh, you have participated in local seminar and you do it by the 28th of May, you-, you Okay, to, uh, have you fantastic, started.
0: great. So Maria, uh, same question for you. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about how uh, the working space within your organization has changed as a result of this virus uh, and, and in terms of the operations and how this has affected the whole uh, working space within your organization.
2: I think I will agree totally with, uh, uh, with George and I'm really sad about the decentralized George. I, I still had hopes. Um, we, we, we we met on the first decentralized uh, in in Le Mesos 2017 so mm. it's a it's a quite, uh, for me, it's a very, how can I say, emotional, uh, uh, we, we became good friends after that. So decentralized, I think for the most of us, it's um, it's a meetup. Uh, so we, 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 we are not happy about it, but
1: let's hope that the next year it's gonna be there. Stay alert by the end of this month I think I will have some very positive announcements about the future of decentralized. So I, I cannot say more now. We will. Come we'll, on
2: with uh... your alliances from here. So uh, I think our operations, uh, exactly, we do have another conference, with, uh, which is the informatics conference that we've done last year also with, uh, uh, with Professor Marino Stemisto and also the help of Nicosia here that we already decided to go digital in December as well so we we're kind of short of experience the same uh, problems. Um, uh, on, on operation I think uh, look it was difficult I think for, all, for everybody in the start to go to work remotely you know it was uh, more like a, it was this fear scaredness uh, of, of, of people I think it I, we are lucky on uh, being in countries that they really took the right precaution measures uh, as country and as a government uh, to the COVID. Let's say uh, here in Dubai, we already had the digital day uh, that it was done by by our government that enforces enforces all our uh, all, uh, all our operation and encu- encourage residents to work one day every month uh, digitally and online so so from the government level let's say we only enforced uh, way back to this digital uh, coming and uh, as well and we, we we have to and I'm gonna repeat here that uh, Dubai is uh, has two strategies of blockchain it has the uh, the UAE strategy of blockchain uh, by the 2021 and the Dubai strategy of blockchain going perfect by 2020. Two very ambitious projects uh, set up by the government, uh, UAE and also the Dubai strategy, uh, to help us understand that this was coming, let's say. So, and under this strategy, we worked also for the blockchain. So all of these kind of help us in the preparedness of COVID. Because uh, psychologically, we in Dubai, we work under this innovation, and we work under this uh, remote uh, working, and to be resilient in the new environment. So uh, except from the, let's say, from the, when you get scared, you know, about the incidents in the start, uh, then I don't think we had any other problems uh, in the operation. And obviously, the fact that we had a really good government guidance uh, from the ministry, who already had a, a guidance of uh, not uh, having uh, students uh, hanging as a physical records, let's say, to any students, anything. So, for us as a British University in Dubai, that we go in paperless and we are prepared for it, it was quite easy, let's say, to respond to this requirement as well. And also, the university as well. Really, uh, it was. Uh, I know that I say good things, but to work with this proactive uh, uh, university and our vice chancellor, see, see, Abdullah, Professor Abdelaziz, shows the so seen the opportunity in 2017 and led us to to implement this uh, this project. Uh, it, it shows his ability to foresee the future and to be pre- preparedness to have preparedness rather than to be reactive in this COVID. So yes, it will be difficulties, as, as 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 George said. But however, I think the preparedness of that we got lucky to meet the unit in the, in our uh, in our way as well. Uh, it saved us, from catastrophe, you know, because there is other universities that they stop operating. Uh, by the way, and they stop mm-hmm. delivering classes, and this is not uh, it's not a job. There is a lot of universities that they are experience huge problems right now, communicating with students. Uh, and
0: everything. Once again, confirmed for the entrepreneurs in the space, uh, way too many opportunities in that sense, uh, in terms of education and digitalization of the interaction between uh, students and uh, institutions. Okay, and uh, briefly, if I can, if you allow me to comment um, regarding decentralized. I have attended many conference, blockchain conference in the past two years and I have to say that Decentralized was indeed by far one of the best ones that I have attended. It was amazing. I flew from Buenos Aires, Argentina to Athens last year and it was great to meet you all and I look forward to, to the next event whenever we can all meet again. I mean, let's have patience. In the meanwhile, we are all here to continue working. None of this has stopped us or our organization. So Uh, We will figure it out and we will meet again. Looking forward to it. So uh, last question to ask you in for the people who are in the audience. Um, so, So let me show you. So you should be watching and visualizing the last question that we have for you today. This is feedback for us to improve our next webinars. Okay, let me show you the results, especially the second question. What kind of topics would you like us to cover in future webinars? Uh, blockchain in public sector, supply chains, and the winner, uh, we don't have such as a winner, it was very even. Uh, blockchain in the healthcare, um, I think it won. But as you can see, as you already know, there are so many applications in this, in this ecosystem if I can give you personally a piece of advice, study the fundamentals. As I said, studying the open blockchain of Bitcoin uh, in a deep uh, level will give you the level of perspective that you need in order to compare with other blockchains and to see how the uh, the market will evolve in the following years. Bitcoin is technology that is constantly evolving, and there are many topics that you should. Um, Uh, study on a technical level for all the entrepreneurs that are watching. If you're an entrepreneur, you need to study the fundamentals because you cannot make really good decisions if you don't know the fundamentals or if you do not surround yourself with people that know the fundamentals. And not only for the developers, okay, but in order to for the business people as well. That is uh, my advice uh, for you. And this is great feedback for the future webinars. Thank you, everyone, for answering the last question. So, um, before we go, thank you so much George and Maria uh, for being here. It was an honor for me to share this with you. Thank you everyone who, who joined us from all over the world. We had people from South America as well, that was very exciting. And as I said before, if you have questions in the chat, if you have written questions, we will be answering them via email. And for all the participants that uh, are here today, you will be receiving a self-verifiable digital certificate of attendance of this uh, webinar, anchor on the Bitcoin blockchain as well. So thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed it. You, we hope you got a lot of value out of it. And we hope you keep on learning. Keep on learning uh, is a one-way journey, as we all know. So thank you, George and Maria. Maybe you want to share something else?
1: Thank you, Catalina, you were a great host. Thank you, Maria, it was great seeing you again. and Thank you everyone for your patience, hope you enjoyed it. Bye-bye. So
2: thank you very much. It was great being here, Catalina, you
0: were wonderful. Thank you very much. And All right. Thank you, thank you both. Have everyone a, a great uh, evening and a great week as well. And for everyone who is watching the repetition, uh thank you also for for joining and we'll keep you posted about the next events. Uh my name is Carolina. I thank you and we'll see you in the next one. Ciao ciao.
1: Bye.